This is the Pokedex Radio Podcast, where you can learn to be the very best, like no one ever was. Now, every Pokemon trainer knows that the best place to learn everything about Pokemon is to check their Pokedex. Now, this is where we talk about all things Pokemon from the video game to the anime and more. Learn how to be a Pokemon master at PokedexRadio.com. Hey trainers and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast. My name is Austin. And, and I'm Renee. And that's Renee. So we're going to get started with this episode finally. If you guys are listening live, we had a few technical difficulties before the show. Uh, first off, I do want to thank you very much for listening live if you are over at PokedexRadio.com slash live or for downloading the show over at uh, PokedexRadio.com. If you'd like to get in contact with us, um, you can always tweet at us or email us the uh, Twitter is at Pokedex Radio. Our email address is feedback at PokedexRadio.com. Uh, or you can see the show notes as well over at PokedexRadio.com slash 90. 10 episodes away. 11 episodes. What are we? 10 episodes away from 100. Um, yeah, 10. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. We're almost at episode 100. Um, some things might be happening, but we'll talk about That's that at surprises. a future time. Yeah. Yeah, we have some surprises. We'll talk about that in the future. But um, first off, let's. Uh, I just want to get this off of the uh, on, on uh, off the table real quickly. Uh, we'll be going to Tampa Bay Comic Con. If anybody does live in the uh, Tampa, Florida area at all, and is going to be visiting um, uh, Tampa for the Comic Con, Renee and I will both be there. Um, not sure if I'll be there on the on Friday the thirty first, uh, July thirty first. Wait, August first. August first. August first. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, August first. Um, not sure if I'll be there that Friday, but uh, I know, uh, Renee, you'll be there on Friday, right? Yeah, I'll be there um, definitely Friday and Saturday, August 1st and August 2nd. Haven't decided yet on August 3rd if I'm going to go as well. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be going on Sunday at all, but I, I will be definitely there on the 2nd. Um, I might as well just go on Friday this uh, Friday the 1st as well. So we'll both be there uh, at least uh, one of those days. So if you are in the Tampa Bay area and would like to meet up, Send me an email, send me a tweet, whatever, uh, so we can try to find you real quickly and say, hey, you know, and uh, I've also made a forum post about it. Uh, and he did make it a note on there. Yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned it on Facebook real quickly. And uh, and uh, who was a Jay who happens to live in Australia was like, oh, no, it's a it's a little too far. Thanks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, come on, yeah. it's just a 17 hour uh, plane flight. So but whatever. 17 hours. Geez. I don't I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head. No idea. No, I think it's probably more than that because with time zones and. Oh, right. Exactly. Technically, it would be like 20. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow, pretty much. Um, Might even be skipping a day. You never know. All right. Uh, Again, uh, real quickly, I just want to go over this before we get into like all the news and everything. Um, About two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, um, Pokemon, the first movie started selling uh copies online everywhere amazon uh barnes and noble i believe i bought mine off of a website called grooves um just randomly out of nowhere 
these copies started to appear on uh, all of these uh, websites. Um, not exactly sure why, uh, but um, I was informed by Stephen Reich of Poké Press about this, and I scrambled to buy one myself. I couldn't find anything on Amazon. Best Buy was sold out. Um, Barnes & Noble was sold out. Um, I found it on Grooves. He had tweeted out a link for something, then emailed me about it as well. Um, why this is, I have no idea why they're actually starting to maybe these were extra copies that they happen to have i know the pokemon movie stopped um production like they stopped making the dvds of the movie back in 2009 um off the top of my head i don't remember exactly i think it's because they switched i was i think it used to be warner brothers and now it is miramax who's doing everything uh, all of the pokemon movies so with the HD version of the Pokemon movie, or at least the high definition version of the Pokemon movie that aired on uh, the Cartoon Network uh, this year, 2014, in January. Um, I'm thinking, I'm speculating that could, that there could possibly be a um, uh, a new Blu-ray or what is the other ultraviolet version of the first Pokemon movie coming out. I mean, because they would have to update it. They have the Blu-rays. Uh, I mean, I just personally bought the blu-rays of movies four through seven off of amazon it was like a one dvd thing i believe um mm. thank you uh steven uh, uh steven on the chat um uh, from poke press uh thank you for listening live man by the way uh he says the first movie went out of print in 2009 due to rights expiration um so the rights for the movie expired and it went out of print so where all of these extra movies came from i have no idea so they're actual digital copies of the movie that you DVD were able to copies. download? DVD copies. Oh, oh, DVDs. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I grabbed... I misunderstood. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, yeah. These were... Uh, like, I don't know where these came from. If the movie if the movie went out of print, where did these movies come from? Where they just, you know, happened to... Oh, look, we stumbled upon all these movies, you know, just happened to be sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Let's go ahead and sell them out to make space. <laughs> Like what, what did, what happened? Where, where did all these movies come from? And they were selling for super cheap. Um, like not 10, like overpriced, like Amazon is a lot of the time. Yeah. Amazon usually is hundred, 150, $200 for the first Pokemon movie DVD. If you can get it there. Um, and usually it's like one copy here or there. I bought mine for 12 bucks plus like three or $4 for shipping and handling. Wow. Yeah. And that's where it was. I think it, I believe at the cheapest, it was about eight to $10. Uh, on Amazon and I believe from Best Buy as well. So where did all these copies come from? And I, I don't understand why. Uh, obviously, Stephen uh, requested me to talk about this topic. and something I wanted to mention as well, even on the show. I just forgot beforehand. Um, what's what's your opinion, Renee? Uh, it's, I think it's amazing, you know, that they're, well, not anymore, but that they were uh, being sold again and that, you know, people had an opportunity to, to buy them again. Because I know at this point, what, the majority of them were on VHS right? Uh, when the movie first came out. So a lot of people don't have a VCR anymore to play these movies. Exactly, and that, that was that was my uh, problem uh, for until a while ago when uh, uh, one of the listeners, uh, George, sent me his his old copy of the first Pokemon movie, which I believe that is a very old copy because in it, it came in a paper sleeve. Uh, well, yeah. it was kind of like plasticky, but primarily paper sleeve which uh, I had the original like two song soundtrack for the Pokemon movie was like preview before the movie. And it came with the, uh, um, the whole theme of the Pokemon movie plus M2M's uh, don't say you love me song on it. And it was just those two and that's it. 
And then eventually I bought the actual, you know, movie came with the score of the movie in that song. But nice. um, Stephen uh, on the chat is saying that his theory is that there's a new distribution contract and then these were left over from when the rights expired. So possibly a new distribution contract. You never know if they do. I would love them to go ahead and reprint it in HD. Um, and I don't remember if any of the copies actually had the um, uh, the little it was like a 20 minute, 30 minute thing of, you know, Charmander 2, Bulbasaur 2, the Amber 2, the girl and uh, Squirtle 2. Did you ever watch that, Renee? No. Oh, my goodness. I have to send it to you on YouTube later. So here's another thing. Maybe it's they're Yeah, they're trying to get rid of the leftovers and now they're going to like release possibly in the future like a collection that has like i don't know movies one through three on three blu-ray. or something like that y- you never know i mean that would be cool because you know there's four through seven on blu-ray like i i got it in the mail i never opened it i believe it's a one disc thing <laughs> and uh so they would if they do one through three that would be amazing um so i i, I really don't know like i know we're scrambling all over this topic uh because we kind of thought you know brought to my attention again like two minutes before the show but um i don't know i would like to see them uh come out with uh, either blu-ray or you know at the very least blu-ray maybe even ultraviolet copies of the first pokemon movie possibly even the other two if they're if the rights to go ahead and sell the game or rights to go ahead and uh, start printing again uh or renewed that would be absolutely awesome um and i'm assuming that these copies that were hang on uh the first movie DVD, uh, this is again, Stephen off of the, uh, off of the chat saying the first movie DVD has the short version of the cloning prologue. Mewtwo returns has the full version. Um, Mewtwo returns is the other VHS tape that I have. Great. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not sure if that one has it. I haven't watched that since I was like 11, but, um, time to get yourself a VCR, right? No, I have a VCR. Just, not hooked Jeez. up. <laughs> yeah, it's a DVD VCR combo. Um, ah, yeah. nice, nice. Actually, we bought that when VCR started to go out. But anyways... Uh, it's not too much of an antique. Not too but much, but it's still... Antiquated. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just a DVD player on the other side. Not a Blu-ray. <laughs> nothing like that. Uh, it doesn't even have internet capabilities. It's just a simple VCR DVD thing. But um, uh, yeah, I'll have to send you the, uh, the video for the... Uh, uh, the whole cloning thing. Cause that's actually a really awesome little 30 minute video. And it gives mm-hmm. you a little bit more of a background to why he's, why Mewtwo is so angry and everything. It's, it's absolutely oh, cool. awesome. Um, but why they're doing this, why they're, uh, maybe these were again, like I said, just extra copies. Maybe they have, you know, new rights to go ahead and start printing and selling the movie. Uh, well, at least printing the movie again, obviously they can sell whatever they have, uh, in stock. And these were, you know, bottom of the barrel prices i mean i bought pokemon forever the other day from uh kmart for like five bucks you know i bought it again you know on blu-ray because it was that's something else that's pretty antiquated at this point kmarts are not uh as prevalent as they used to be that too um but what i thought was was funny that it was like in one of those you know like three dollar bins five dollar bins you know how they have if you ever walk into like Kmart or yeah. Walmart or a Target, there's just like a huge thing of just DVDs. And I'm sitting there like at the checkout, just kind of, you know, thumbing through all the DVDs and I'm like, <laughs> Pokemon forever. Awesome. So I grabbed it. Um, I almost expected you to say, oh man, it was funny. I, it was uh, on new releases. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
new releases of this old DVD. <laughs> Great. But, um, okay. But I, why they're doing this, I have no idea. Um, I would like to hopefully hear something in the news, hopefully hear something being announced that uh, a new copy of the old movies will be uh, released or seeing even seeing something on Amazon. Uh, one thing that Steven did show me on Amazon was that um, he just did a search. I believe it was just for Pokemon and under, under the movies section of that, it was a bunch of, um, I guess like, you know, click this button to be notified when this item becomes available type of thing. And I don't yeah. remember exactly what uh, I, I it was. It was on my phone. I don't remember. I must have exited out of it now, but um, it was like, you know, something that you could order at a future time, something that was not already available on Amazon, but these are new items. Uh-huh. So I don't know, you know, like it's not like a pre-order type of thing, but it was, these are just like new items that are not available currently on Amazon, but they will be sometime in the future. And on top of that, with the whole PokemonCenter.com thing and that they might be selling, uh, that they are selling, you know, Pokemon merchandise. I don't know. Um, Again, Steven says, FYE has that on the chat. Um, I'm assuming he means the, uh, the, uh, the, the DVD sets that say that, you know, these are available in the future thing as well. But uh, let's move on uh, to our first kind of topic thing. Um, we're going to go over the eShop releases, something we've never really done before, something I want to start doing now. Um, what's new in the Nintendo eShop this week? Uh, I don't know, Renee, you want to go over some of the, uh, the new ones, the, uh, let's go over the original games for the 3DS, you know, original download games. Uh, yes, we have Siesta Fiesta <laughs> for five ninety nine. That's, that's uh five ninety nine dollars us. Probably I should clarify that. Yeah. And I think all of this is, um, us eShop. More than likely these are just us eShop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want me to describe the game, or just give me give the titles? Because I have no nothing yeah, the, about these. Yeah, these games. are these are interesting little games. Uh, I'll you mention it. I'll go ahead and I'll try to summarize this little thing over here. So, Siesta Fiesta, a level based cartoony take on Breakout. No idea what that is. Um, <laughs> it's a block breaking game. Looks like there's a video here as well that I'm not going to play. Um, Apparently, it has a cute Mexican island theme and features a pinata boss, ba- uh, pinata boss, boss battles, and a lot of tweaks on the breakout formula. I forgot what breakout was. Who does know who um, breakout oh, is? Oh, you know what breakout is? Yes, I, and I, I might be wrong. No, but you're it's right. like those games that you're like running to the side and you have to keep running, like kind technically, Flappy Birds, but not Flappy Birds. Not I might be wrong. Not. That might be not be it at all. I have no idea. I, I want to say Will was playing Breakout the other day. Anyways, moving on. Um, going to oh, the next game. Oh, okay. I think it's more of a kind of like a Peggle type game, I guess. I, that's what I want to say. But uh, let's move on to the next game. What's the next one? Uh, Pick a Gem. Uh, looks like it's a um, like a mat a three a matching gem type of game. Yeah. Like match three gems and try and create as many combos as possible. Pretty much like a bajillion. And that sort is three ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, after that we have one hundred one Pony Pets three D for four ninety nine. And that looks like it might be a out of Pony Pets. <laughs> I have no idea. It's a one hundred one Pony Pets three D for four ninety nine. Looks like it might be. Um, well, let's see. Uh, you can play with ponies in 3D by taking them to a virtual park and treating them like a dog by playing fetch with them. That reminds me so, of a joke. Kind of like Nintendogs. Kind of like a Nintendogs. It reminds me of a joke from John something with ponies. I don't know. With horses or like babysitting dogs. It was hilarious. If you got to hear the joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll show you later. <laughs> so uh, next one, I'll go over the Wii U ones. Uh, Wii U games. Um, these are downloadable games for the Wii U uh, on the, I guess you want to call it the shop there as well, called uh, first one is Master Reboot for $14.99. Uh, this looks like a first person shooter game. Sounds kind of interesting. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's an exploration game where you traverse the soul cloud, which is a place where people's souls are uploaded so they can live forever. And Ooh. apparently uh, this all gets really dark in some way because um, it's a sci-fi game. That actually and, sounds really cool. Sounds kind of interesting. It sounds really uh, ominous dark. and weird and <laughs> dark. Yeah. Your soul gets uploaded. It's kind of creepy. But anyways, on to the next game. Super Toy Cars. It's seven ninety nine. Apparently it's a racing game um, where you can. It's like a little. It's a it's a toy car racing game. Moving on. Um and another game called uh, Wooden Sensei for nine ninety nine, and Sensei is spelled funny S E N apostrophe S E Y. Um, so apparently this Ooh, it's game a long delayed. Apparently, yeah. Apparently this game, game was uh, was delayed uh, since two thousand and twelve. Uh, was supposed Jeez. to come out for the Wii U from even back then. At least that's when it was. Uh, Wooden Sensei originally uh, was originally an IndieCade finalist in two thousand twelve. So this is not exactly a brand new game. So. Now that it's out for the Wii U, ten ninety nine for your shopping. Whatever. Uh, moving on, 3DS. Want to go ahead with that one? Yes. We have 3DS retail download games, which I'm assuming are the ones you can also get physical versions of. Right. Uh, Scooby-Doo and Looney Tunes Cartoon Universe Adventure. Well, Space Adventure. Uh, for $19.99. I'm um, assuming it's a action top uh, it's a top down perspective Scooby Doo game with the gang and the Looney Tune bunch. I didn't realize Scooby Doo was part of the Looney Tunes because Scooby Doo is Hanna Barbera, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just a, a mixture of the two. I don't think it's necessarily he's part of Looney Tunes. It's kind of an odd mix. It yeah. is. It really is when you think about it. Yeah, maybe they might be because it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's all like under the whole. Uh, Warner Brothers Turner thing umbrella. Yeah, that would <laughs> like make it's all underneath that. Yeah, so you never know. Might be just a little thing that they're doing. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead with the uh, the Wii U Virtual Console games. This game called Euphoria: The Sage for four ninety nine. Um, this game is only going to be released in the U.S. first for now. Um, I'm sorry. This was on a. What am I talking about? This was only released in North America on the Wii Virtual Console in two thousand ten. Uh, Euphoria is a uh, Sunsoft-developed game that is uh, somewhat of a Metroid-style adventure with multiple playable characters. Um, Apparently, this was an original game for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES, in 1991. Um, And it might... And occasionally, it's on those weird lists of, like, games that you've never heard of before or games that you've never, you know, played before. Uh, And apparently, you can... uh, If you purchased it originally... For the Wii, you can upgrade the game to the Wii U for just a dollar, which is nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you save four bucks. Then uh, 3DS Virtual Console games, you have Blaster Master for four ninety nine, um, And I guess it has catchy music. Uh, music? Yeah, uh, apparently from, the first from the, level? of, yeah, of like Blaster Master. Yeah, it uh, uh, looks like it, after that, considering check, uh, checking out this, it's a really nonlinear uh, 1998 NES game. Also from Sunsoft as well. So it's a 2D platform, top-down action type of game. Sounds interesting. Blaster Master 499 on the 3DS Virtual Console. 
Um, Can I say I really love about the virtual console that mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to play these games that you might have never heard of before, yeah. but that were a part of that era. And it's also not, and it's also for the people who did play games in that era. They're getting a chance to play them again, you know, because they might have lost those copies or things like that. And they're obscure games that no one keeps anymore. Right. Because uh, I remember when they were doing that for the Game Boy Advance, they had, uh, the, I don't want to call them virtual console games. I forgot what they called them. And there was just a, a series of old games for the Game Boy Advance. And this was how I actually got to play uh, The Legend of Zelda, um, the, the second one, The Legend of the, the Zelda 2. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what the a game Link's was. Link's Awakening? Li- no, not Link's no. Awakening. Link's to the Past? I think it was just called Legend of Zelda 2. I don't remember. Yeah, I might have. I'm probably um, wrong. I, I it probably is either way. Um, that's how I first played that game. And I thought it was the most boring piece of garbage ever. Um, cause oh. I enjoyed the original legend of Zelda, which I got on the virtual console on the Wii. But when I bought this one for the game boy advance, um, it was, eh, it was okay. Um, it wasn't my cup of tea. It was obviously a much different legend of Zelda game from all the others, but, um, oops. but, um, but yeah, that's how I was able to play some of those and other games like, uh, uh, they had like an asteroids thing as well, but it wasn't part of this series. It was just a series of old games, like the original uh, Donkey Kong game, for, like the arcade games and everything like that. It was like a four, or I think it was anywhere between four and six or seven uh, series of games. Like it would be like, here's five games, here's five games, here's five games in each series. Um, mm. It was very cool. Uh, I like that for the uh, Game Boy Advance. And they started obviously moving on to downloadable games once the, uh, uh, I think it started with the DSi. Um, then moving on to the uh, the Nintendo Wii, now the Wii U and the 3DS, which, first speaking of, the first two Legend of Zelda games I ever played were uh, Oracle of Time, I'm uh, sorry, Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Uh, those two were my first Legend of Zelda games, and those are available also in the eShop. And those games are for the Game Boy Color from roughly 15 years ago, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I remember when those came out. Right. Um, oh, and then we geez. also have some sales on the eShop. <laughs> Man, sorry, I'm uh, just looking at the chat real quickly. I'm sorry. So no Shane, the, uh, who is also known on the chat as the Shiz1138, is uh, throwing in, <laughs> his, uh, throwing in the, some information about uh, non-Nintendo-related games. Uh, the Last of Us Remastered apparently comes out on Tuesday. Um, and anyone interested in playing with Renee, um, you can add him on PSN. He'll be playing all weekend long. Will you? Will you really be playing The Last of Us all weekend long? Um, <laughs> next weekend, I'm not going to be playing any video games. I'm talking about this weekend. <laughs> this weekend? That doesn't come out till Tuesday. How would I going to be playing all weekend long? <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah, we have some, some sales in the eShop. Trying to Director's Cut is only $7.99 on Wii U until August 12th. And I haven't played Trying to. I think I own it on PC. And maybe even on PS3 for um PlayStation Plus membership. But I, I've played the original Trine, and it's, it's just a fun game. It's one of those, like, um, it's like you're, you're three characters, technically, and at different points you can switch between the characters depending mm-hmm. on what you need, on what you need to do. And it's, it's a really cool cool concept, and it's kind of like a, a platformer, puzzles, all that good stuff. Cool. Uh, Poker Dice Solitaire Future Sale. I've never heard of the game, but it's 99 cents until August 6th. Uh, Chubbins. Never heard of that game either. But that is dropped from five ninety nine to three ninety nine permanently. And uh, join dots uh, game sale, three D game collection, Gardenscapes, and Jewel Match three from Join Dots are all on sale right now until August fourteenth. 
Cool. Some of those games I've never even heard of. Some of those actually seem kind of interesting, like that uh, a wooden sensei one seems kind of okay. And uh, what yeah. was that? What was that other one that we were mentioning before? Um, was it master? Yeah, master reboot. Master blaster? No, master reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that that those that all seem those, really, sound really those cool. all seem kind of interesting there as well. So, um, and just real quickly answering a question from the chat. Um, any word on the Pokedex Radio tournaments? You got to call me out there. Put me on the spot. Um, How many people we have at this point? Like two, three. In in all seriousness, like it's not that many people. If anything, let's all just have a little bit of fun and we'll try to do something maybe in about a week or so. Uh, Not next week. Next week is Tampa Bay Comic Con like we just talked about. Um, uh, Maybe even just the week after. Just a a couple of us just hanging out playing Pokemon online. That would have to be the biggest thing. Um, What... Hmm. Let's see how I can do this. What I might do is go ahead and try to add some sort of chat to the Pokedex radio website. Um, probably over in the live page, I'll do that and then try to schedule a meetup time or something like that. Or even, you know, we'll all chat over Skype or something, um, just to, you know, play a little bit of Pokemon together. If anything, a couple of battles here and there, maybe trade, whatever it may be. Cause the tournament is definitely not happening. There's too few people. Last time there was a lot, um, it seemed like it didn't work out as well as I expected it to. Um, I mean, the first one worked out amazingly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, um, so, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, Jay went ahead and put together an amazing tournament for me. And unfortunately it seems like nobody wants to participate this time. That's fine. Yeah. With a couple of people we can bring in, Excuse me. Uh, we can bring in uh, at least you know a little bit of fun, uh, maybe some just you know talking back and forth over Skype about Pokemon, Pokemon battle talk here and strategies, there, stuff like, like that. that. That which would be awesome. Um, uh, and Jay, that's fine. Just go ahead and email me, yeah, your soundbite thing. Um, but yeah, um, are you on the chat, Renee? Yeah, man. Okay. Um, because I don't know, Shane had mentioned something as well about Shovel Knight. What? Yeah, Shovel Knight. It's a game that it was released on the. I think it, yeah, it got released to the Wii U eShop. Uh, I think it was at this point two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's a platformer, and it's it's pretty cool because it was um because it's it's very nostalgic, I guess, kind of way to put it. Okay. Um, it has a lot of it, it reminds you of like older games like like Super Ghosts and Goblins, things like that. Right. And uh. You play a knight and use a shovel instead of a weapon. Well, your your shovel is your weapon, I guess, in this case. For me, this for some reason it sounds like scribble knots. Maybe no. I, I might be totally off, but oh, I've always wanted to three, play that game. It's on 3DS. I didn't as realize well. it was on 3DS as well. Uh, Shane just informed me. What was it supposed to be on? Well, I know it was on Wii U. I didn't realize they released it on the 3DS eShop as well. I'll have to check it out. We might talk about but it. But yeah, and and it was um it was Kickstarter actually. It was from a Kickstarter. Really. Uh, yeah, and it was a successful Kickstarter, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. But um, not like uh, some that have been in the news recently. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're not going to talk about. Moving that. on. <laughs> moving on. So um, uh, moving on to our next topic. Apparently, the uh, the Pokemon Red speed record. So whoever played the game the fastest has now been broken. Um. Normally, for us, the game takes about anywhere between about 10, 15, 20 hours, depending on how fast you're playing through it. If you're sitting there grinding, whatever it may be. 
So I can't or if find you're it being here. Controlled by like Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That took what was that days or maybe a week or something like that. The whole Twitch place took Pokemon a while. Deal. Yeah, definitely yeah. took oh, quite a while. Um, how long was the was this uh, was the previous run like the original record? I feel like it was a it's a ten minute difference, and I can look into it. I'm not um, seeing it here on the article, but the new record, um, yeah, and apparently the Twitch Plays Pokemon thing took about two weeks, which is insane. Um, yeah. Let's see here. The leaderboard for the Pokemon speed runs. Okay, apparently the new record, which was set on July 9th, 2014, was one hour and 50 minutes. Uh, previously, the record was set on March 6th, 2014 for one hour and 51 minutes. Like this is absolutely Jeez. insane. Like I would not have ever been able to play any game that fast. Um, that that's that's kind of crazy. So I guess the next record is one minute up. You know, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, because essentially, you would have to be taking shortcuts, using fly a lot, things like that. Um, that's a that's a little tough having to beat a game that normally takes somebody about ten hours to beat to beat it in less than two. And that's uh, Jay in the chat says, I finished Pokemon Ranger in three hours. Um, when I played Pokemon Ranger, it wasn't that long of a game either for me. I want to say I probably did it in maybe six to seven just because I like to take my time in video games. I I mean, I probably took in the upwards of a roughly 10 as well. Um, not exactly sure how long I really did take for that game though because it's it's been such a long time. Uh, one game I am starting to trying to play through right now and trying to figure out exactly how it works is uh, uh, Pokemon Conquest, which is uh, obviously a totally new game. Oh, not new anymore, but it's uh, about a year, maybe two years old now. I'm starting to get the hang of the game, sort of, but it's a little different. Now, yeah, Shane on the chat went ahead and said that I uh, beat The Last of Us in two days, which I did. I was sick. Um, there's, there's some games where I can beat pretty quickly, uh, some games where I can't, which I like to... Uh, to go ahead and uh, try to take my time in doing things. Even though I did try to take my time in The Last of Us as well, but I wanted to get the game back because he was supposed to go get it signed by the infamous Troy Baker, and um, he never did. But I think it really depends on the game. I mean, if it's something that's really... See, but the way the way they play it when they're doing it for these records, it's not, it's not really that the game... Like, they they fall in love with the gameplay or anything like that. It's right. just they're going for a record. Yeah. They're, it's not like the game's just amazing and they're like, it just grabbed them. But I no. don't know. Oh, what, one thing is uh, I did notice uh, just real quickly before we move on to the next, next topic is um the, the Legend of Zelda game. I had watched a speed run of the Legend of Zelda and it took about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes um, because this guy found a glitch in the game that apparently... Um, I know what glitch you're talking about. I, I I don't. I have no idea what glitch it is. Apparently, he was able to go from um, the Deku where the Deku tree is, uh, grab a couple of uh, sticks and like Deku nuts or whatever, and then ran over somehow. Got to Zoro's dome or either exit out of Zoro's domain or something like that. Um, went down uh, Zoro's uh, river, right, or the little river off of the side on uh, on Ocarina of Time. Sorry, I'm talking about Ocarina yeah. of Time. Um, uh, somehow swam all the way down that way, found some sort of like glitch thing and ended up fighting uh, Ganon and then Ganondorf, obviously right afterwards, like immediately after starting the game, he was like 30 seconds in. 
I thought that was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And to me, that's not a speed run. A speed run is actually like completing the video game, not just going from you know A to Z that fast. Yeah, it, it depends on the circle, like, so, right. and it depends on how they're judging it. Like some in the speedrun community, if you can find an exploit that still beats the game, then that's fine. But others, yeah, obviously would you know legitimately go through the entire game. Like I know I've seen before, like one for the original Legend of Zelda. There's like one exploit where, or it's a, a glitch in the game where you can just go through the walls. And you end up like going under the levels until you finally get to like the very last level where you get the Triforce. Weird. And, like some people consider that you know still speed run even though you're exploiting the game. But, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Teach and their that, own. And that's what and that's what this guy was doing as well. But let's move on to our next topic. Um, an article uh, Renee found on Kotaku about uh, one man's five year quest to find a shiny Pokemon. But this wasn't just any shiny Pokemon trainers. No, it was a shiny Mewtwo, which um, for one. Five years to get a shiny Mewtwo. And he yeah. wanted to do it legitimately as well, which I think is absolutely insane. But uh, he did it by soft resetting the game, which is just, uh, I believe it's pressing control, um, not control, uh, AB select start, so, excuse me, or something like that. Yeah, on the, well, at least on the Game Boy Advance version. Right. But I think he was also doing it in hard gold. So he actually had to go through the, I think, home close the game and then open it again. Right. Yeah. So I, I didn't even realize Mewtwo was in heart gold and soul silver. I haven't played it. So I can't tell you anything. <laughs> I mean, either. Like I've gone through only maybe half of the game, but um, either way. Yeah. It says he was going through Pokemon leaf green and then also um, uh, uh, heart gold as well. So apparently in order to soft reset on the 3ds, it's the uh, uh, left and right buttons plus select and start on the 3ds to go ahead and soft reset. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Caleb for letting us know that. Um, Honestly, I didn't even know. But so this guy did this for five years trying to get a shiny Mewtwo and finally got one. And uh, let's see here. Uh, apparently, he did a soft reset over 100,000 times over the course of uh, of these five years, which is absolutely insane um, to have that much patience in finding a Pokemon, one Pokemon, which he can get, just not shiny. Apparently, he has yeah. one now. And uh, he mentions in the article that it has uh, it has a thirty IV. Uh, what what is the IV stuff? EVs. No, Ed, he said thirty about, um, special attack and thirty. Yeah, let's see, uh, he already EV, yeah, 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 he already EV trained this Pokemon, uh, the Mewtwo. Uh, it has thirty EVs and special attack and decent stats all around, except for its attack stat, which it's a Mewtwo. It's going to be a special. Um, what I find uh, pretty awesome is that. Uh, that he, I mean, obviously he could have just, you know, hacked it to get one. He could have. But he actually put in the, like, it even, I, I was reading in there and he was mentioned that he was even tempted throughout the, the you know, his whole endeavor Five to actually years. just put, you know, you use a Game Shark or use an action replay or whatever. I think it's action replay for GBA. Uh, and game just do that. Game, uh, I think it's Game Shark still as well for GBA. Oh, okay. Then but again, um, he's like, he like he said, he was really tempted, especially when he put so much time into it, keep hearing these people, oh, I put four hours into it, and I got mine. You're right. But, like, he actually, you know, stuck through it, and he moved, and he got it, and eventually, I guess, he has it in his X and Y version right now, obviously, since DB train and everything. Right, which is absolutely insane. Like, this poor guy, but I gotta give it to him. 
a green Mewtwo would be absolutely awesome. And looking at it in X and Y, where he's uh, feeding it the uh, cupcake things, it has green eyes, which looks absolutely cool. Um, yeah, I would love any shiny because uh, I've never seen one, and it makes me sad. Um, to answer your question, there to answer your request to have a shiny, apparently Jay has at least thirteen vanillite due to EV training. If anyone wants one, <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, like. I, oh, go on. How how did you? Uh... <laughs> I I want to say I've caught maybe one legitimate shiny. I know I definitely totally missed a dust clop once. I even mentioned it on the show after it happened because I was so upset about it. Um, that was in, I want to say, either diamond or platinum. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Big Fish on the chat says that he was able to hatch his first shiny last week, which was a, and I don't know how to pronounce this. I want to say dino or dano, that little dinosaur thing with like the emo haircut. I'd say it'd be dano. Dano. D-E-D-I-N-O. Uh, let's move on to this uh, Pokemon Minecraft thing. Uh, it was sent by Grim... Uh, this, it was on Imager, and I'll try to just put up the link because it's 191 images of... Yeah. Okay. For those that you know have played Minecraft, obviously you know um, it's basically Legos in video game form. Make whatever you want, do whatever you want with, you know, with the world, especially if you're in creative mode. And uh, it looks like there's a group of, I think it's six people, if I remember correctly. I didn't read any of the comments or anything. I think so. It's, and it's, um, it's, oh, no, it's not, been, it's they've n- been working on it for six plus months. Yeah, and Jay but says. But I don't know how many people it is yeah, working on it. Jay mentions Pixelmon, which is like the mod for uh, for Minecraft that you can like catch Pokemon in it. But no, this has nothing to do with Pixelmon at all. These guys were just insane enough to work, what do you say, six months? Um, yeah, it's they put six months into it already. They're not finished yet. They're like ninety percent into um into it. Right, and they created the entire, or almost done with the entire Kanto region in Minecraft. Like the the, the dude Steve in Minecraft, like you're the main character person thing. Pretty much, you're able to uh, uh, this like real life size compared to him, Kanto. God, that's amazing. Like I, I'm looking through them, and it's like. It's seen all these things in, I mean, in in Minecraft form. It's almost it's basically like seeing them in the original game because obviously uh, Renee, graphics throw, aren't great in the original. Throw the link in the chat. I'm going to put the link also in the show notes as well once I go ahead and have those uh, up there. But those of you who are listening to the live show, Renee's going to give you guys the link right now. It's 191 Thanks. images, so it's going to take a while to load. Um, but yeah, these are it's it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> absolutely amazing. They recreated Dark Cave. They recreated, I believe, Mount Moon as well. At least I didn't see any images of inside of Mount Moon, but they did the ones of Dark Cave inside the cave, which looks. They created amazing. Lavender Town, Sylph. Um, Sylph. Sylph Co- Co- I don't know if they've done like the inside of the buildings, but at least they've done. They I would have, have to assume. Them, so. I, I know I saw ha- the cell on City Gym. Yeah, like they the would, inside of it. They would have to have gone through every single detail of every building in the game and everything. There's even an SSN. I didn't even realize that. Wow. And it really looks gorgeous. It, it has to be PC what they've done this on. I have, it I have no idea. It really looks gorgeous. Yeah, it definitely does look very cool. Um, uh, It would be awesome for, you know, some for them to, I guess it's like a map or whatever, so that the file, them give it to others to download it for free, hopefully. I don't know I'd assume they will yeah. once they finish the full game. Yeah. Once they finish it completely. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people, obviously, a lot of artists, um, music and painting, mm-hmm. they don't like presenting until it's complete. So I'd, I'd assume that's their them as well. Like they'd want to, the when they finish the entire map is when they'll release the save file to go run around in there. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure because that would that would be kind of cool. And uh, I was looking at the um, uh, looking at the comments on the imager thing, uh, and it says uh, apparently um, you can tell it's not strictly based on the games because Pallet Town has has more than four houses uh, in this oh, version yeah. of it. Um, I didn't notice that just because I wasn't I didn't really like look into detail in every single one of the uh, things. Yeah, looking at it, if this is Pallet Town, then it does look like. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six houses, and then there's Professor Oak's lab, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, and it looks like they've done like a mixture of like I was reading this somewhere. They did a mixture of the the manga, the anime, and the game. Oh really created all this. Awesome. I mean that's still that's that is a lot uh to, to sit there and go through and uh yeah. and, and create. But okay, that's enough but of it's, that. It's amazing. Uh, what I want to do right now is play an interview uh, by Stephen Reich of PokePress. Uh, so a PokePress special report. Uh, it's an interview with um, one of the senior division uh, trading card game winners from um, with the senior division trading card game winner, excuse me, uh, from the Pokemon U.S. Nationals 2014. So let's go ahead. Let's play that. And we'll see you in 10 minutes. Hi. I'm Steven Reich here at the Indiana Convention Center in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Pokemon Trading Card and Video Game U.S. Nationals 2014. I'm here with Ishan Jagiasi, who is the winner of the Seniors Division of the Pokemon Trading Card Game National Championship. And, uh, you know, we just have a, a few questions. First of all, where are you from? I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, over on, over on the East Coast, you came out here to Indianapolis. And how did you get into the Pokemon trading card game? Well, I, I always watched the TV shows as like a kid. So um, I gradually got into it. And then I made a few friends when I started playing. But then um, some of my cards got stolen, so I just completely stopped playing. And then, and then one of my school friends got me back into it. And I still have a lot of friends in the game. Yeah, you know, you will not lack for friends if you play the Pokemon trading card game. That's, that's one thing for sure. So uh, the, the deck you play today is uh, Empoleon, Desnor, and Miltank. Uh, now, part of that deck has been uh, around for quite a while, um, you know, the Empoleon and the, the Desnor. The Miltank is a relatively new addition. First of all, why did you pick that deck for this tournament? Well, I don't want to really play something metagame, something standard, because I thought most things would either get countered or I would take a lot of 50-50s. And in this format, you re- if you want to expect to win the tournament, you can't really take many 50-50s on the way there. So I, I went out of my way, didn't play Plasma, Virizion, Genesect, or Uvitol, and I just picked something that I thought would be fun. And I actually just made this deck like 5 p.m. before the tournament started, so I actually didn't test with it that much. It just seemed as a fun deck. Yeah, I, I think a few other people have tried it out there, but obviously you're, you're certainly so far the most successful. Um, what are some of the, the, the matchups like, um, some of the major decks? How do you play against them with, uh, with this type of deck? Well, basically what you can do against most matchups is um, the fact that Milk Tank has 100 HP and it's just a basic that can swing for 100 damage if you have a Stage 2 and a Muscle Band attached. And then you run um, Duskinor, which with the Sinister Hand ability, you can move that 100 wherever you would like. So basically you can two-shot every single EX in the game. And, and you can, you know, as long as they can't take down your Pokemon in one hit, whenever you can avoid that, you can potentially take two prizes and they only take one, which is a, a big differential. Uh, now, in the finals match, you were paired up against uh, a Darkrai uh, y- Yvettel deck. Um, what's the, the matchup uh, strategy for that? Well, it was his list or version for it was really weird. He didn't play any Raichu, and he also didn't play any Garbodor. 
the way the usual matchups played as the Raichu can be problematic because of the fact that Empoleon's actually weak to Lightning. And also, if they play Garbodor, they can actually shut off every single one of your abilities. So that's why I put in two Starling Megaphone into the deck. Um, but this one, he didn't exactly play either one. But his version was, I would have to say, the most consistent Uvital Dark Eye I had to play against. And also, he played Pokemon Catcher, which allowed him to bring up Duskull, Piplops before I was ready. But luckily, I was able to pull it off. Yeah, the, the second game was a, a little bit hairy there because you you spent a lot of time not getting any energy out of your deck. Uh, how You ended up uh, losing that game and having to, to pull it out in game three. Uh, your, your deck runs very little energy. How do you kind of adjust for that? Well, I run six water energy in my deck, first of all, and uh, which is, yeah, it was a very low count compared to um, many other decks in the format. Like you see plasma decks. Usually, like the format, I think it's like 12 right now. But uh, I just played six water because all your um, Pokemon, nothing in your deck requires more than one energy to attack, and I play a lot. I play a lot of drawing cards to get into it, and also I play Super Rod to get the water energy back. And also, um, Empoleon has a, a diving draw ability, which in which you can discard a card from your hand, and then you can draw two from your deck. So usually you draw through your deck very quickly, and you are able to hit the water energy when you need it. That game, it was it was just an unlucky game. I wasn't able to hit the water energy. I was still able to make the game close. I think I would have won that game if I would have hit water energy in the first, like, what, three turns? Yeah, you know, sometimes that just happens where everything is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. One other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, one other bit player in your deck is you have uh, the Execute with Propagate. So that, that's really helpful in a lot of scenarios, most notably Diving Draw. You can discard it and then bring it back to your hand uh, so you're not really losing a card each time you do that, which can be uh, uh, very difficult to get around. All right, if you had to pick out any moment uh, during the, uh, the finals uh, or any of your other matches that really stood out to you, maybe you made a really good strategic play or it was just something that really worked out for you, uh, which one would you pick? I just think one that stood out for me, and it's still in my head of why I did this. I uh, It's a misplay, actually. Um, it, it really shocked me after I did it. Basically, um, I was trying to hit an end because he only had one prize card left in game two. So if I was able to end him, I would pretty much just seal up the game if he wouldn't draw God off of it. So I, I used um, Propagation, and then I used Diving Draw, and then I drew two, and then I said Propagation, Diving Draw again. But I forgot that my second Empoleon was knocked out. So actually, it was it was no penalty. It was just a warning, but the but the Execute went back in my hand, and I had to play a Chorus and shuffle it back in. Uh, a bit of a misplay, and then also one of the plays that really stood out to me towards the tournament was um, I had 180 damage on the board, and I really was completely out. But I was able to move 90 damage to the Jirachi, knock it out, and then I was able to use Duskull's attack, which is, I, I don't know what it's called, but it takes a Pokemon from your opponent's discard and puts it on their bench. So I was able to put the Jirachi back on, and for my final four prizes, I would move the extra 90 damage onto the Jirachi. Yeah, that's a great play. Jirachi, you know, with the, the catcher errata and uh, making it harder to get up active, people have started using it to get a, a supporter out of their deck, but yeah, 90 HP, it is a liability there. All right. Well, just a few more uh, wrap-up questions. Uh, anything you might change about the deck to improve it? You, you got you the championship, but, you know, next month is Worlds. So any ideas uh, there? I don't know if the viewers noticed this, but uh, when uh, I had to switch out in the deck, but in the end when he got Catcher Heads, he brought up my Empoleon over uh, Duskinor, and I had less cards in my deck than him. So assuming I didn't have a switch left, which I did, but he, didn't, he had no way of knowing that, 
um, he could have brought up the Duskinor, and I would have lost by decking out. So one improvement I would have made to my deck is um, I played two switch. I might have actually cut one for a floatstone because against Vrizzy and Genesect, when they're when they're like out of the game, they'll try to stall by bringing them Duskinor, and I can get really annoying sometimes. Yeah, that, that that's always you know certainly the one that's not going to attack is is oftentimes what they will try to bring up with a with a catcher or a Lissandra. All right, well one other thing about this tournament, uh, this is the first uh, season where they've been using uh, fifty plus three uh, best of three fifty minute matches for Swiss. Uh, some people have felt that maybe it made the the tournament a little too long. You were here, well aside from your buys, the pretty much the whole tournament. Uh, was it kind of draining for you? And and what about other people in the tournament? Uh, it was so draining. Like ra- like day one, they made us do seven rounds. So I was there from like what seven in the morning to like eight in the night. It was just it was just really hard. And then like and especially because I I I went to time a lot because this is Napoleon. So if I don't win one game, it, the series just ties. So I I had two buys and then I tied my first three rounds and I was able to win out and make cut. But I I I played so many long rounds and then even with day two. Having to wake up so early is just so exhausting. You know, it's kind of the trade-off, and we're, we're looking to see if Pokemon will uh, adjust things a little bit, possibly for uh, for next year. But we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, overall, you definitely had a good time. Uh, what was your favorite thing besides obviously winning uh, from nationals this year? Um, actually, my favorite thing is uh, one of my good good friends. His um, just seeing his brother go to the finals is just amazing it's like pokemon is just a really fun game and seeing your friends do well it just makes the day for you like even when you're not even if you don't do well just seeing your friends do well you can is like because after going through it once i know how um people who are national they actually feel so if my friend wins i'll know how he feels that's something you can definitely share there all right well thank you very much uh ishan this has been steven reich from the Indiana Convention Center in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the Pokemon Trade Card and Video Game U.S. Nationals 2014. All right, thank you, Stephen, for that uh, Poke Press special report there. That was actually an amazing interview, unfortunately, just because I don't know anything about the Pokemon Trading Card game right over my head. Yeah, I, I like it sounds really interesting, but I, I never got into it. I really wish I had... I, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just I was too little, and I just thought it was too confusing. No, right. But, I, um, I, I was into the Pokemon card game uh, back, obviously, when it first started to come out. I had uh, a lot of the cards. I pulled a, you know, holographic Charizard uh, one time. I remember exactly where I was when I did it, where I bought those cards from, <laughs> and everything. You know, uh, bought three packs. Uh, one was uh, the, obviously the was it the called basic. I think those were the. I don't remember. It's been such a long time. Um, and I bought three packs. One with the Charizard on the front, Blasters on the front, and Venusaur on the front. And out of one of them, I forgot exactly which one, I pulled a Charizard right out of the front of it, right out of it. Um, it was amazing. But um, yeah, just reading the chat real quickly. Um, uh, Jay, uh, was it Jay? No, uh, Big Fish says, that's way too much strategy for me. Uh, Dre uh, says that he's been meaning to get into the ch- uh, getting in, get into the trading card game. Uh, now Jay says it's uh, the Pokemon trading card game is annoying. Cards get uh, card cards sets get cut out of the circuit after only a few years. Um, 
Which uh, well, I know Yu-Gi-Oh did something like that later on. All the well, back when that. I used to play, yeah, they started having um, cards would just get banned. Well, they were considered banned. Like you couldn't use yeah. them in tournament setting. And every so often, they cycled through, and they'd maybe some put put some of the banned cards into it back in and take some other cards out. And that happens so, with every card game. I mean, yeah. I've experienced that uh, when I played Magic the Gathering for like two months. Um, uh, with my former roommate, uh, he went over all the list of rules to me and everything like that. And, you know, these cards are okay to use, but starting this day of this year, you know, it was like September 14th, you know, this, and I'm just making up a date, but, you know, this, this <laughs> cards cannot be used anymore. They'll, they'll be considered legacy or whatever. I forgot what the, exactly what they were called, but it was just traditional is what it was called in Yu-Gi-Oh. That's right. Yeah. Traditional versus, uh, I forgot what the actual, the, the other term was, um, but yeah, because they started just banning, you know, all the good stuff pretty much left and right. I remember having to switch uh, uh, from using stuff like, you know, Raigeki, which is, you know, pretty much take all your opponent's monsters off the field. Or Harpy's, Harpy's Feather Duster, Harpy's which destroyed all of your opponent's magic slash trap cards. Exactly, yeah. Um, well, they started calling them spell cards afterwards. I think they yeah, that's them, right, yeah. That, that, which made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so there's, like stuff like that started to get, you know, destroyed. Then after that, that I started using, like, the trap cards, like... Uh, Regeki trap card. I forgot what it was. It was similar to Regeki, but Regeki break. No, no, no. Regeki break is a different card completely. Um, oh, um, torrential, torrential tribute. tribute. Yes, um, that I, destroyed everything on the field. Yeah, those were the days. Um, no, not every. No, just the monsters. Uh, then there was another. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was, then there was another one similar to, to that card, similar to Harpy's Feather Duster, but also a trap card. Um, but yeah, uh, Jay says uh, Pokemon cuts complete series of packs out. Um, example, you can't use heart gold and soul silver cards anymore. You can only use black and oh, white wow. and X and Y. That's insane. Well, actually, that's um, I, as annoying as that sounds at the same time. It definitely boosts sales. I can sales. see how that's good to keep the game fresh. Like, yeah, you don't, you're always keeping, like, the newer cards or the ones in being used instead of people just holding on to these uh, strategies from, like, back when they first started. Right. I mean, it also it boosts sales like you would not believe. Of course. I mean, if you already <laughs> that's have really the, probably why they're doing. Of it. course, that is pretty much the only reason that into like you said, keep the game fresh because all these strategies if everybody's continuing to use this one strategy that works and it works. If it works well, people are going to continue to use it until it becomes, you know, cookie cutter and everybody's in the exact same deck, you know, yeah. with no card differential pretty much. So crazy stuff but again thank you steven from uh, poke press for giving us that interview to go ahead and play on the show absolutely amazing interview that kid knew exactly what he was talking about which i thought yeah. was awesome i mean uh that kid ishan uh well, i found him i grabbed him over here in the on the thing i forgot exactly how old uh, it said he was um but uh, he looks like he's moving on to worlds so good luck to him i mean seriously because nice. that that is absolutely insane uh to sit there and go that far in a uh in a tournament of any kind, really. Um, and uh, just real quickly before we move on to the next topic, uh, Dre uh, on the chat says, uh, I don't really want to drop a ton of money on cards and stuff, and the TGC online is entirely free. So for someone who isn't serious about it, it's it's best for me. I, I think the exact same thing, because like, I was actually at work the other day, and I pulled up you know, the Pokemon trading card game website thing, and I was about to make myself a profile and start playing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was at work. Again, do as I say not as i do but um i i don't know like obviously i'm not going to go out and spend a ton of money on cards i have bills and stuff to pay and i just spent a bunch of money on you know audio equipment well just a box to put my stuff in pretty much 
Um, but personally, I wouldn't want to spend the money again. I've already had the experience of spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Even before that, I don't even know how much money I spent on Pokemon. Oh, well, not my money, obviously, my parents' money. Because uh, <laughs> I was a kid, obviously. But still, that is way too much money for something that I'm probably not even going to be into. At least personally, not going to be into probably in a year or two. Because the game changes too often for me. And yeah. Keep up with it, really. Yeah. I mean... If I buy a pack every now and then, that wouldn't you know bother me too much. I haven't bought Pokemon cards in years, um, so yeah. But anyways, moving right along, uh, let's talk about San Diego Comic Con, which is going on right now. Um, yeah, currently it's in day three of it. It's day three. They started one Wednesday, right? Yeah, they start on Thursday. Well, Thursday. Wednesday they had like the sneak peek night, right. but technically it actually started on Thursday. Okay. So what they're doing and how this relates to Pokedex Radio is they're actually um, doing this little thing where they're uh, where Nintendo is bringing Super Smash Brothers to the attendees of San Diego's Comic Con. Um, it would be awesome if they did that here, but obviously that's out in California. That's the big main Comic Con, so they're probably not going to do it anywhere else. Um, yeah. Not even New York New York Comic Con. So I have no idea. Maybe you never you, know. You never know. That is like the, obviously the second biggest one. Um, but anyways, moving along. Um, so Nintendo was bringing a demo version of the super smash brothers game to people who attend San Diego comic-con. What you need to do in order to, if you do, or if you go there or whatever, in order to play the demo, what you have to do is you have to take a picture of yourself in front of a recognizable location, obviously within, you know, the conference place. Um, like for example, if there's like a statue, I know in the past they've had like a large mm -hmm. statue of the Hulk there. Yeah. Take like, a picture in front of that large statue, like a selfie of yourself in front of the large statue. Right. Be like, hey, Nintendo, I'm over here. And then you tweet and I, it. There's some hashtag for it. I don't remember what it is. Uh, it's uh, So what you do is you take the picture, then tweet it to at Nintendo America. So the official Nintendo of America uh, Twitter. So again, that's at Nintendo America with the hashtag of bring me smash. Ah. And then if you are selected out of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's, you know, how easy it is for them to find you if you're in a, you know, close enough location. I don't know exactly the parameters of how they choose the other people. Uh, but if you get selected, you will see it in your direct messages on Twitter and a Nintendo representative will walk up to you and bring you a 3DS with the Super Smash Brothers demo that you can play. So I haven't like other than that hearing that they were doing this, I haven't really heard any follow ups on it. Like, I really wonder how effect this effective this has been for them because obviously i'm um, being uh, going to a convention myself i know i don't spend that much time in one place exactly yeah i mean other than being in a line for something um you, you really you're walking from one place to the other seeing the different things so i really want to see how effective it has been this this whole uh campaign for them because it, it's it's a really original idea i don't think anyone's ever done anything like this before oh definitely i mean it's able you're able to reach out to your fans you know literally physically reach out to them by walking up to them and saying here play this um i mean it, it sounds great theoretically uh how effective it actually turned out to be we'll have to find out Hopefully we'll have an update next week on that. Let's oh well, not next week, the week after. <laughs> oh yeah, week after. Sorry. Right. Yeah, because we're not gonna <laughs> we're gonna be at Tampa Bay Comic Con next weekend, which um my second convention ever. So it's gonna be kinda cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving right along. Um so Hyrule Warriors uh has added some characters over this past week uh to their uh roster, their lineup, 
whatever you might want to call it. Obviously, we already know of uh, Link, Impa. Well, so we already know about Princess Zelda. Um, Midna was announced before. Midna was already announced. Okay. Um, I think that's it. I think everyone else is new. I'm not exactly sure, you know, what's who is, you know, the new ones or anything like that. But, um, and I, this is just my simple lack of knowledge of the Legend of Zelda right now. I have no idea who Lena is, if she's even part of the Legend of Zelda, uh, at least any of the other 15 ish games. Lena. Yeah, White Sorceress Lena. I have no idea who that is. If she's new to Hyrule Warriors, then fine, but I have no idea who that is. And, and also they've also added uh Sheik has been announced. Awesome. Uh, Goron Chief Darunia. Yeah, I Darunia. Loved him. He was a cool character. Darunia was cool. Um they also have uh Princess Rudo, uh Princess of the Zoras. Um we already mentioned Midna. Um apparently also the Princess of Insects, Agatha, which um Rena, you you were confused on who she was at first, right? Yeah, but now that you like explained her, I do recognize who she is. Yeah, Agatha, at least recognize who it is. Yeah, Agatha was the the little girl in Twilight Princess who was collecting the the one hundred little bugs. Which in most Legend of Zelda games, you have to go at least since I want to say uh, since Ocarina of Time. I don't know if they did it in A Link to the Past, where you had to collect one hundred of something. In Ocarina of Time, it was the one hundred Skulltulas. Um, in um, I want to say, what was the what was the most recent Legend of Zelda game? A uh, Link Between Link Worlds. Link Between Worlds. Thank you. A uh, Link Between Worlds was uh, you have to go collect the uh, 100 baby mymys. I want to say that's what they were called. Um, the cows? Are the mymys the cows? No, mymys are the uh, no, 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 those like mind. octopus looking things, or they were like, little oh, okay, shell okay. things. The, the mother mymy was like this octopus octorock looking type of thing. I don't know what oh, okay. what it was, but um, yeah. So she was the uh, in Twilight Princess. You had to collect 100 little insects or little bugs um and you would have to go give them to her also uh the goddess sword fee is that how you pronounce it not exactly sure fee i I think it's fee and it's um spoilers for those that play twilight princess supposedly it's the physical embodiment of or who haven't played sorry skyward sword Sword. (laughs) um it's the physical embodiment of the master sword which is totally cool because i have not played skyward Sword. i bought it um, like a week ago, still haven't played it yet. Yeah, but, I have um, plenty of games I bought and haven't played yet. Yeah, and there's also others. Um, I don't know if she's even playable at all, or if she's an attack, like you said, possibly an attack from Link, or if she's like a boss of some kind. Uh, the great, uh, the great fairy is also part of the game as well. And there was also like I have it actually. Let me have it pulled up over here. He's a he's a boss. It looks like the, the usurper king Zant from yeah. Twilight Princess. Yeah, there's also it looks um, like he's a boss. Yeah, okay, so we got Link, Zelda, Lena, uh, Impa, uh, Sheik, Darunia, Princess Rudo, Midna, uh, the Agatha, Bug Girl, Fee, um, a new fairy called Proxy, um, who is extremely similar to, um, wow, I can't think of her name. Navi. Navi, thank you. Um, who also says things like, hey, and listen, and speaks for Link, uh, which is pretty much Navi, just a little bit different. Uh, another boss named Sia. Or as C-I- it's, it's spelled C-I-A. I have no idea how you pronounce this character's name. Um, I have no idea even who this character is. But uh, there's also Wizro, which looks like some sort of like king of Wiz- uh, of the Wizrobes itself. I don't think he's part of any of the other actual Legend of Zelda games that I could even think of. The Dark Sorcerer Wizro, and it's um, looks like they're reiterations of enemies from the Legend of Zelda to me. Yeah. 
And vault. they have included one enemy from Skyward Sword. I don't remember his name. I know you Gary, said uh, it earlier. Jirahim. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's the uh, the main villain from um, Skyward Sword as well. Is he the main villain? Other than, I'm assuming, Ganon at a point, some point shows up? Zant. Zant was uh, Sky, um, Twilight Princess, and then there was... Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. It starts with an A. It's like Aganim or something like that, or... Aganim, spell with an H. Let's type in Zelda. Um, let's see if it uh, corrects me. Uh, Aganim. He's a dark wizard. He was in uh, A Link to the Past. Um, who he's the guy who stole the seven mages. Uh, let's see what other games he's been part of. A Link to the Past. That's pretty much it. I want to say he's also has some sort of um, has some sort of a connection to the Four Swords games, mm-hmm. unless that's uh, a different enemy in 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 general i'm not exactly sure off the top of my head let's see four swords vati excuse me never mind wrong game completely but yeah so those are some of the new characters uh that have been announced for the legend of zelda here yeah i know everybody went quiet when the legend of zelda was brought up i know this is a pokemon podcast but bear with me we're talking about nintendo stuff um <laughs> There's other characters like soldiers. There's the great fairy also there. Apparently the great Deku tree is going to be in the game, including <laughs> the great Deku sprout, um, the moon from uh, Majora's mask, Majora's mask and uh, Midna's uh, twilight wolf thing, uh, which is awesome. I would like to see uh, Midna uh, with the, with the wolf in the game as well. Moving right along. Uh, our last topic here. Um, I'm hoping is something that you guys would enjoy as well. Super smash brothers. Um, uh, apparently there's going to be a way to customize moves in super smash brothers. And it's not something we already talked about before where you yeah, can it's something that they recently updated actually on the, the smash brothers website. Right. It, it seems really cool. and Interesting. Renee, you want to go over customizable moves? Yeah. And it's basically how, um, how every character has their four unique moves there. I'm assuming it's a down. It's not the specials. It's the other. No, I, I, I want to say these are the, uh, I, yeah, I, I think know, it is. The way they the explained specials. it, they might be the specials, and they might be a combination of maybe both of them. Yeah. The way they explained yeah. it didn't really help. Yeah, but basically, how the different uh, specials, how you can, for example, with Mario, you can throw a fireball. Um, you can actually choose. Well, and this only applies to single player and for local multiplayer. By the looks of it, you can choose to either use a regular fireball, or you can use a, like more of a fire that's uh more like a, uh, I guess it would be like a shotgun blast because it looks like it's like close range, but it's like a wide blast. Right. Or like a, another one that just goes kind of farther and like more of a straight line instead of um the dip that I know that it usually does. Right. But basically like the, the different moves have those custom customizations you can do for, to them. So depending on how you want to play the character, you can change the moves to, um, to accommodate your play style basically. Oh yeah, which, which is totally interesting because like seeing... And like like you had, you had just mentioned that um this is obviously only in single player or uh, I'm not sure if it's only locally with friends but I think you can also do it online with friends as well as oh, okay yeah it might be yeah with with friends I think it's you have to be playing with friends to, <laughs> to do it yeah you have to at least be playing by yourself or with friends to, in order to do it you can't be playing it you know online competitively in any any way shape or form um so uh. Uh, just uh, trying to see here. So there are two characters that you cannot customize their moves for technically. Um, the me fighters, which are fully customizable, but to the way how you fight with them, um, 
So like there, you actually even choose the attacks you're using, not just yeah variations of their attacks. And, and the same thing, like uh, as well uh, for uh, Palutena, Palutena uh, from Kid Icarus, the uh, angel from from that game. Her moves, if if you watch any of the videos of her and her moves in in the super, new Super Smash Brothers game, she has a ton of moves. Uh, if you don't actually pay attention to her, um, and so what they're saying is you're actually able to customize her entire move set as well. I don't know if it's just her B moves, uh, her special moves, um, you know, possibly like a list of eight you can choose from or something like that. You never know. Um, so it's a, uh, uh, completely interesting how they're actually allowing you to make these little customizations within the game. Yeah. Um, and also I think this also only applies to single player and, playing with friends locally or online, right. there's equipable items that you can use for your characters, which will improve your attack or defense or your speed. And the one thing that they've mentioned, though, is that even if you do, for example, equip something that increases your speed, one of your other uh, abilities will get brought down. For example, you're not going to be able to max out all of your different stats and uh, something that Austin wants me to mention, <laughs> this is very similar to the stickers in uh, back in Brawl. Yeah, the reason I typed it up there real quickly is because you know more about those stickers than I do. Because I, I, yeah, you've I, mentioned I, it to me a few times. Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember them. I maybe like put a few on my characters, but I don't. I never like really delved deep into them. But I, I like that more equipable items, just because that's. It just has adds a little RPG element to it. A, a little bit, yeah. And some of the items are just uh, seeing from some of the videos that I watched where things, things like, you know, like uh, lightweight shoes, things like that, which can make you run a little bit faster. But, you know, like Renee said, each item not only boosts your attack, but also boosts boost that one stat it's meant to, but also potentially lowers another one. So that there is a possibility for nobody to pretty much make like a juggernaut type of character where everything is absolutely maxed out um there is more of a balance uh for everything so let's say with the lightweight shoes and i don't remember what it showed in the video but obviously it'll make you a little bit faster but potentially could either lower your defense or lower your attack or even lower both by uh, you know some percentage of some kind um which is totally cool um and just real quickly before we move on to uh the pokemon of the episode um you can even dress up your me in in the game now which is kind of cool, very similar to like the Miiverse type of thing. You can dress it up with hats, different clothing, and whatever. But the only thing is you can like similar to these other two things, you cannot use your Mii Fighter to play competitively online only when you're playing in single player or with friends. Anything else you want to mention, Renee? And uh, the, the, as uh, both Big Fish and Jay are talking about in, in the chat, they mentioned that <laughs> the characters in... Super Smash Bros. They use five moves, only one more than Pokemon, and that Charizard, Pikachu, and Lucario have are using five moves. How is that possible? Oh, Here's right. my theory: they are using the uh, the anime rules when it comes to Pokemon training. Okay, yeah, anime rules when it comes to Pokemon training is oops is super loose, really lax, and they don't have any sort of rules essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically um basically it, it's pretty much like they're making it up as they go along like like simple things like okay pikachu use your electric shock it's like really that's not a move hey like, yeah pikachu go uh set off the sprinklers so right. that onyx will be wet and you can electrocute it then yeah when uh electric 
moves don't even work against onyx because it's both rock and ground type like what the heck yeah. oh yeah oh you're right yeah when uh uh look a leg look look a legendary ash says pikachu tackle <laughs> uh big fish you're funny so um so yeah like stupid little things like that that the anime does but then again it's to keep it fresh to keep it new to keep it exciting uh and not so rigid as to these you know, limitations that the video games have. I mean, it would be awesome if Pokemon can pretty much, you know, choose from a list of moves, but when it's from only four, it'll, it'll, it makes things a lot more, you know, structured in a way. But before we get into the uh, Pokemon of the episode, let's get into this really quickly. Well, if you're looking to shop on Amazon for video games and Pokemon merchandise, instead of going straight through Amazon, you should visit our Amazon store at pokedexradio.com slash store. Here, uh, we have compiled many different games and consoles, and we're always adding more. Which I need to Using update, our store. by the way. Sorry, I, I need to update that, by the way. Go on. Oh, never mind. It'll be updated shortly. But either way, <laughs> using our store, it'll help the, uh, support the podcast and won't cost you any more than you usually do when you pay. Um, you can use Amazon to buy. You use Amazon to buy things all the time. I know I do. I know Austin does. Yeah, I do. I think recently I just bought a... a yeah, that that's that's fine. I, I bought a, a a comb, but it's like a uh, sorry. You brought a hairbrush off topic you, here. You, you, I bought a comb, but it's on. like a switchblade comb. You brought it's a ha- you bought cool a hairbrush off of Amazon for real. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It looks cool. But anyways, <laughs> why not just buy through our affiliate store and help support Pokedex Radio? To visit our store, go to pokedexradio.com/store or pokedexradio.com/amazon. All right, yeah, either yeah, one. Like I said, doesn't cost you anything extra. Doesn't cost you anything extra to be able to help uh, help us out, you know, supporting us with like the fees and stuff that we have to pay for uh with keeping up the website, keeping up uh, all the podcast stuff online. It really does help out trainers. So if you could go ahead shop on Amazon. Again, that's pokedexradio.com/amazon. It would really help us out. And by the way, the last thing I bought off of Amazon was the four DVD set, the Blu-ray set of the Pokémon movies. Before that was Pokemon. I thought it was the games. Yeah, okay. That was the last thing I bought because I bought a bunch of stuff within one day um, just because ah. I was bored because I was with uh, Maria, uh, my girlfriend, um, while she was getting her hair done, which took about four hours. So I was oh, no. bored out of my mind. <laughs> um, so I'm When you saying, get bored, you start spending money. Yeah, on accident. I ended up spending, um, not including her haircut, I ended up spending probably about $75 that day. Jeez. With the haircut close to 300 um <laughs> yeah so why um, women's hair cost so much to cut right? <laughs> <laughs> um and uh just to real quickly answer uh jay's um question uh no i did not get a uh, pokemon origins dvd i didn't even know they had it on dvd Mm-mm-mm. i think it was just for australia that had it on dvd question mark i'm not sure um I haven't, i've never seen it i don't remember but um anyways uh, so let's get into real quickly um the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? All right. The Pokemon of the episode today is Pokemon number 706. It's a high number. Gudra. Gudra is a dragon type Pokemon um, from the Kalos region. At least it originated in the uh, sixth generation of Pokemon. Um, it's not only typed dragon but is also classified as the dragon pokemon this is the first pokemon that's been classified like that isn't it um i'm not 100 percent sure actually 
because I'm pretty sure not even Dragonite, which I, uh, which at least to me, I've always considered one of the original dragons. I want to say Dragonite was labeled to something like the transporter Pokemon or something like that. But I have Cerebi up, so why not just use it? I'm looking it up. Oh, it's also known as the Dragon Pokemon as well. Look really? Huh. Yep. Learn something new every day. Right? So I would actually, real quickly, I just want to go all, look at all the dragons just to see. At least all the all the big dragons. So Johto never had any dragons, but uh, Hoenn did have dragons. Let's look at Salamence. Salamence is known as the Dragon Pokemon. Sinnoh had... Did Sinnoh have dragons? Um, I don't think Sinnoh had dragons. Yeah, they did. They had um, wasn't Garchomp Sinnoh? Garchomp, yes, thank you. Um, Garchomp, Garchomp, Garchomp. Um, and Dre, thank you. Yeah, we're doing a competitive battle, uh, c- competitive build for this one as well. And I can't find Garchomp for some reason. Um, uh, I got him. I got him. Right. He is the the mock Pokemon. Oh, that's right, because he's supposed to be super fast. Oh, the mock. Okay, yeah, M A C H mock. Um, I'm thinking like M-O-C-K. I'm like, what is he supposed to be making fun of Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, real quickly, then there was uh, the legendaries, Reshiram and Thunderous, which I don't count those because even though they are dragon. Um, but anyways, moving on, uh, just coming back to uh, to Gudra. Uh, Gudra, like I said, is known as the uh, dragon Pokemon. It is a very weird type of dragon Pokemon, though. Um, it's based off of, I want to say, some sort of slug type thing. Um Gudra's uh, uh, base form is called Gumi. Uh, Gumi is known as the soft tissue Pokemon. Uh, it evolves then at level 40, which, like any Dragon-type Pokemon, is extremely high. Uh, level 40 to a Pokemon called Sligu, which is, again, known as the soft tissue Pokemon. Um, and then it evolves at level 50 when it's raining. So you, it has to be in the rain. Um, and I'm assuming this isn't just, you know, oh yeah, you have your Kyogre with you and it just so happens to be raining in battle, but I believe it has to be raining, um, like outside the battle scene thing. So it have to, you have to have it at level 50 in the rain and then it will evolve into, uh, Gudra, which is an awesome thing. And, and something that real quickly before you say your thing, uh, was some, one thing that Craig would like us to go over, which I want to do next time is, um, evolution, uh, like detail stuff like scenarios and situations like this kind. Oh, like different Pokemon what the different yeah. unique scenarios for evolution. Yeah. Are. Like when we did Malamar, like, you have to hold your DS yeah, upside, the down. upside down thing. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, that is really weird too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go on with what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say, so um, basically you just need to be in an area that's raining. Right. And where you can at- catch Gudra. And, I mean, sorry, not Gudra, where you can catch Sligu and um, Gumi. Yeah. Gumi. Gumi. Um, it, it is pretty much raining there all the time on route 19, um, and Gumi on route 14. I want to say that it's raining in both of those places pretty much all the time. All right. Perfect. I think so. I'm not hundred percent sure. I know one of them, I was, it was just raining everywhere. It was like in a swampy area. I was just coming out of some sort of cave thing. I, I don't know. I haven't memorized the Kalos region. Like I do know, <laughs> like, like, like Kanto, I know like the back of my hand. Like I can tell you take a left turn here to go there, you know, take this street down that way. Like I, I know Kanto, like nobody's business. <laughs> but, I almost expect it to be like, <laughs> I just came out of this cave fighting all these zoo bats. You know what I ran into rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what pretty much what happened. Um, <laughs> well, you come out of the cave and then there's like some sort of train, disassemblement thing and it's all like weird and there's like one guy that you sky battle there you keep walking you're in some sort of weird town and then professor 
sycamore like ambushes you. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Talks to you, and then you keep walking, and then there's like a swampy thing, and then you keep walking, and I don't remember what's past that. Apparently, Route 8 is raining all the time as well, so that's another area you could potentially evolve uh, your Sligu into Gumi. So, um, uh, Renee, you want to go over its uh, abilities? Let me see real quickly if they're all the same. Sap, zipper, hydration, gooey. gooey. Yeah, go, uh, you go ahead about uh, all the... Uh, yep. uh, sap, zipper, ability number one. Attack is raised by one stage when the Pokemon is hit by a grass-type move. User receives no damage from grass-type attacks. Uh, ability number two, hydration. All status problems, burn, paralysis, sleep, poison, and frozen are healed when raining. And I took those out of order. And the hidden ability is gooey, which is appropriate. Uh, lowers the opponent's speed by one stage when it makes physical contact. So that's cool. Um, yeah, because like thinking about it, it's like a gooey type of slug thing. So hitting it will make you gooey. Gooey. And feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving, moving right along down to uh, it's uh, to Gudra's base stats. Um, obviously, it is the dragon Pokemon for this game, so it's going to be a little bit stronger than most other Pokemon throughout the game. Um, uh, so uh, HP of 90, attack of 100, defense of 70, special attack 110, special defense of 150, awesome, and a speed of 80. That special defense is... Awesome. Off the charts right there. Special attack, obviously, it's great. 110 attack also at 100 is great. Um, potentially, you can I'd go either way with that. I expect its defense to be a little higher, but that's just Me because, too. well, if you were going for, like, a gooey. Yeah, like, thinking about it, like, thinking about it, you potentially, the defense would have been a little bit higher because it's, like, you know, gooey, you would expect to, like, sink into it and not being able to land a, a strong physical attack. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and Jay in the chat says, ah, uh, oh, man. I can, I missed it. Hang on, let me bring up the chat again. He says, "Gooey uh, Gudra with Rocky Helmet for days." Yeah, yeah. Gooey Gudra lowers your speed plus Rocky Helmet. You're taking that damage every time your opponent get uh, your opponent's taking that damage every time it hits you. That's got to be great, right there. That um, must be. I'd like to see what Dre's going to go ahead and write up. If he's going to write up that Gooey Gudra with Rocky Helmet, you never know. Um, I'd like to see what he writes up because Gudra is a Pokemon that I've wanted to raise. Um, the only thing that always holds me back from raising a legend, uh, a dragon Pokemon is that level. Those high evolution levels all the time. I hate those so much. Like what well, it was Dratini yeah. was, I think 35, I'm sorry, uh, and 50, dra- uh, 35. I think it was 55. Wasn't it for no, dragon? Yeah, it was actually 55. That's true. Yeah, that was, that's too much. And the same thing with, um, uh, what's the other one? Big Yeah. Big on to, Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, Salamence. Salamence, yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to think of like the level ups. Um, I don't remember if Sinnoh had any. Sinnoh had some. You you did say Sinnoh had some, right? Yeah, Sinnoh had the uh, Garchomp. Garchomp, right. Yeah, but you know, Sinnoh had... Didn't Sinnoh have two? No, Hoenn had... Where am, oh, yeah, we totally missed Hoenn. Um, <laughs> Hoenn had no, we, two. No, we said Salamence. No, Salamence and um, the um, Dragon... Flygon. Flygon, thank you, Dragon Ground. Um, Sinnoh had, uh, go on. I'm sorry. What, who did, who did Sinnoh have? I, I right over my head. Oh, a uh, Garchomp. Sorry. Garchomp. And then, and then uh, the legendaries, but that doesn't count. Then, you know, yeah, but and then, Unova had that weird one, you know, I want to say it also. Hexorus. Hexor. Is that the, you know, okay. Then, you know, oh, a couple it, of them. Um, yeah, you know, had Hexorus and then also had Hydri, Hy- Hydrigun. Yeah. That's the, uh, the dino the thing that we were talking evolved. about a minute ago. 
um yeah that one just didn't evolve it was like a to me it looked like a giant lego dragon um, yes yeah yes <laughs> uh so yeah the unova region also had uh dino which evolves at level 50 to uh Zwilus, and then at level 64 to hydragon all right so that is the pokemon of the episode pokemon number 106 gudra all right, so that is pretty much it for the show today, trainers. I do want to thank you very much for listening to us uh, live today. Uh, those of you who are listening live or if you downloaded the podcast, thank you so much for going in and doing that as well. Uh, you can find us over at PokedexRadio.com. If you have any, uh, if you want to continue this discussion, go over to the show notes for today's episode over at PokedexRadio.com slash 90, which are the show notes for today's episode. Um, Again, please uh, feel free to go and support the show. You can go to pokedexradio.com slash Amazon to go ahead and do that or uh, to buy anything on Amazon. It'll support us or go over to pokedexradio.com slash donate. Donate a couple of dollars. I mean, it really does help out. Every penny really does help. So thank you again, trainers. Uh, There's no episode next week uh, because we will be at Tampa Bay Comic Con. So we'll be coming to you again in about two weeks uh, for a, a recap of pretty much what we did and everything that happened. That is it, trainers. Again, my name is Austin, letting you know to live, laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a Flashlight Studios production. Copyright 2014, Flashlight Studios. For more information, you can visit us at flashlight-studios.com or for the Pokedex Radio at pokedexradio.com. And thank you for listening.